Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. It's December 23rd, 2021, and this episode corresponds with Search News You Can Use, MHC's newsletter, episode number 215, which you can find linked in the description. It looks like we've had a significant update to local search recently. Google told us, oh, by the way, we released something significant we probably should have told you about, and Joy Hawkins is calling this the vicinity update, so I'll touch on that. We'll also talk about the latest on the product reviews update. And then what I'm going to do is recap all of the significant changes to search for 2021, along with my thoughts on what kind of impact they had on how our jobs uh, as SEOs are changing. We had a lot of Google updates this year, and I've seen a lot of confusion. We've had spam updates and link spam updates and core updates and core web vital updates and product review updates and so much more. So if you're not sure what's going on with your site's traffic. It's completely understandable. Before I start, I wanted to also bring up the issue briefly that I mentioned last week where many people seem to be having a problem struggling to get new content indexed. A lot of you are saying that you've got really good expert written, high quality content that's stuck in discovered, currently not indexed in GSC. A couple of people reached out to say that you also had content stuck in crawled, currently not indexed as well. Now, I'm not sure if this is actually an issue or not. Uh, it seems to me like more people are having problems not being able to index new content. And in the past, when I'd look into this type of issue, more often than not, the content that people were struggling to index was low quality stuff, maybe auto-generated or thin blog posts that really didn't offer a lot of value. But this time, most of the stuff that I'm looking at is good content that if I was Google, I'd want it in the index. So, I mean, it's possible that maybe I'm seeing more of this just because I'm looking for it and maybe it really isn't a new issue, but I think either uh, something's wrong on Google's side or they've made some significant changes in this area that we need to pay attention to. So earlier this week, when Google tweeted that they'd fixed a problem with indexing new content, they said it affected just a small uh, subset of of sites. I wondered if maybe there was uh, this issue with content being stuck and discovered currently not indexed, uh, if it was related to that. I think it might have been wishful thinking though, because Google's documentation says that this message means that they discovered the content, but they didn't crawl it for fear of overloading your site. So I was thinking that this probably isn't an issue with the quality of the content on that exact page because Google hasn't crawled the page to know if it's good or not. It's discovered not crawled yet. Uh, and Glenn Gabe suggested, well, maybe this isn't uh, an issue with that particular page, but maybe this represents a quality issue with an entire site. I mean, it makes sense. I think it's possible. The implication is that if you have new content stuck in discovered, currently not indexed, or maybe in currently not or crawled, currently not indexed, that that could mean that perhaps Google's assessment of quality for your whole site overall is not as good as it should be. So when Google tweeted about fixing an issue with indexing for a small number of sites, I wondered if it could be related to this, uh, but now I think it's probably not. Um, that morning, there was an issue where large publishers like the 
Wall Street Journal and the New York Times could not get new content indexed. And and probably that's what Google's talking about. If you are one of the people who struggled with this problem and, and now it's resolved, I'd love for you to tweet at me, Marie underscore Haynes, and let me know. Or conversely, if you've still got a bunch of new good content stuck uh, and it's not getting indexed and you feel like something's going on, let me know as well. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with this info, but it's really bugging me. Uh, so I want to keep hearing about your struggles. Um, well, I mean, with indexing, that is. I mean, if you want to message me about your other struggles, that's cool too. But you know what? Something I recently read, this is completely unrelated to SEO, but there's been a few new studies that show that Having gratitude, it sounds kind of hokey, but having gratitude has a really powerful effect in our brains. So when we're thankful for stuff, either writing it in a journal or like speaking it out, it calms our amygdala in the brain and it helps the body release the effects of toxic emotions and it even improves our memory and our overall cognitive function. So uh, I'm not saying we should never speak negatively, but speaking positively and recognizing the good in our lives actually is kind of like a cheat code for our brain. So uh, also I'm very thankful for my amazing family, my team, and so much more. (laughs) No, really, legitimately I am. All right, let's talk about this local update. On December 16th, Google Search uh, Central tweeted, our November 2021 local search update has concluded. It began November 30th and ran through December 8th. It involved a rebalancing of various factors we consider in generating local search results. General guidance for businesses remains the same as covered here, and they link to their guidelines on how to improve local rankings, so your maps rankings. These are actually kind of interesting because they have a section called how Google determines local ranking, and they break it down to three components. One, relevance, like are you actually a good match for the searcher? Distance, which is proximity, which is what Joy Hawkins from Sterling Sky is saying that this update is focusing on. That's why she called it the vicinity update. And then prominence. And prominence sure sounds a whole lot like EAT to me. Here's how Google describes prominence. I'm going to quote here. Prominence refers to how well known a business is. Some places are more prominent in the offline world, and search results try to reflect this in local ranking. For example, famous museums, landmark hotels, or well-known store brands are also likely to be prominent in local search results. Prominence, I'm still quoting here, is also based on information that Google has about a business from across the web, like links, articles, and directories. Google review count and review score factor into local search ranking. More reviews and positive ratings can improve your business's local ranking. I used to report in more detail on what was going on with local ranking changes, but as MHC has grown, we don't really work specifically in the local space, so I haven't really dug into this update. If your local rankings have changed dramatically, I'd check out what Joy is writing about this. She says this is the biggest local update Date she's seen since 2017, which is a big deal. And Joy believes that with this update, Google turned up the dial on the value of proximity, so how close the searcher is to the business. And also she believes that Google may have made it so that keyword stuffing is less likely to be effective when it comes to local rankings. It, it sounds to me like this is another example of Google learning to it, detect authenticity and ranking businesses that actually should rank, that users expect to see in the maps listings. 
All right, let's look at 2021. I'm normally not a fan of these year in review types of update things, but this year I actually think there's some value in looking at all of the changes that Google made. It feels to me like search has changed dramatically in the last year. And I feel like a lot of this is happening without SEOs knowing or even talking much about what's going on. I mean, this, there might be nothing new. Google's always changing and we're always trying to figure it out. And I've been studying and writing about Google changes for 10 years now, starting with discussing Panda in 2011. Well, I can't tell you exactly what Google's doing. I have a bunch of thoughts and theories on uh, what changed this year and why I'm really excited about it. So here we go. 2021 was a blur to me. Uh, In doing this, I had to ask myself a few times what year it was. Like, my brain can't grasp that we've finished 2020, and I can't comprehend that 2022 is in a few days. COVID and lockdown have made time such a blur. (laughs) There were many significant changes in Google's algorithms this year. In early December last year, we had a core update. Now, A few months previous to that, we had some changes in the quality raters guidelines, and we pay attention to these changes because sometimes they give us a clue as to what Google's engineers are trying to accomplish. The most obvious change in the QRG before last December, Jennifer Slag wrote a great article about this on the SEM post, was that Google added more examples and discussion to teach the quality raters how to assess whether a searcher's needs have been met. And Google's documentation on how search works, it tells us that first, the first thing they wanna do is determine what the user intent is. And I think this goes way beyond buckets like transactional, informational, and locational. Like really, what is this searcher trying to do? What are they trying to accomplish? And does this content, They want to match it with content that helps them accomplish that quickly and get to what they're trying to to do. Uh, My theory at the time was that future Google updates would be focused on doing just that. Now, that's not a bold prediction because Google tells us in their, their blog post on core updates is that the whole point of core updates is to get better at understanding user intent and then surfacing the most relevant content. That's nothing new. I think, though, that Google has made huge advancements in this year in how they determine which content is relevant. If we think back to maybe 10 years ago, possibly even more, I don't believe Google was able to understand much about the actual content that was on a page. But as SEOs, we've had a bunch of measurable signals that we could use to help Google's algorithms think that our content was good and relevant. The one that we know the best, and as SEOs, we try to manipulate because it's been historically quite predictable and it, and it always, you know, for years has produced good results, is links. A site with good inbound links is, is one that usually is recommended by others and it's seen as authoritative and trustworthy, provided those are like truly good links and not manufactured, you know, in the form of a PBN or something like that. Um, and we know that there are other factors that Google has historically used to help them determine relevancy. Like, for example, what keywords are on the page? Just before recording this, I saw that Bill Slosky has a new article out on the confusion over the term latent semantic indexing. The phrase is often misused by SEOs, 
But ultimately, keywords and how Google uses them, those have been important to SEOs for a long time. Keywords and title tags and headings, those are things that we optimize as SEOs again to help search engines understand what our content is about. And, and internal linking and site structure, even schema again, these are all things to help better uh, search engines better understand our content. And these are all good things. You should all you should keep doing these things and optimizing. But we need to remember that Google's goal, what they want to do is, is two things. When, when we do a search on Google, we, we trust that the results they're going to show us are two things. Number one, they're from a source that's for the most part trustworthy. And number two, they're pages that we'll be able to find our answer on quickly. I don't know if you've ever done a search and you, you, you go to the page and you're like, man, my word is, you know, I searched for this word and this word isn't even on the page. And, and, and I think that's happening more and more now because Google's algorithms are saying, oh, well, you searched for this word, even though this word isn't on the page, this page is completely about this topic or there's a section about this topic. And I think they're doing better and better at that. So throughout January of 2021, we had all sorts of dates that my team and I, we labeled them as significant shifts in the search results. <laughs> I'm laughing because I got to watch how I say that. It sounds like I'm having like a hard time in the bathroom or something. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll cut that bit out. I don't <laughs> for, for quite a few years, one of the main reasons why we looked through every analytics profile that we have, and we have hundreds of uh, sites that we monitor their analytics for every single week. Uh, is, is to look for this type of shift because in the past, we could often find clues that would help us. So for example, November 8th, 2019, this was one of these dates on which there was a significant shift. And I wrote an article about what we were seeing because we noticed patterns in sites that were hit. And those patterns could help us make a strategy for analysis and, and help us decide where to focus on our, our efforts for recovery. But for the last couple of years, we really haven't been able to find many patterns in updates that would change how we advise our clients. So in early January, I was still trying to analyze each of these little shifts. You, you can see these dates in our algo update list at uh, mariehaines.com slash algo, A-L-G-O. January 7th, January 27th, and then there were several days in February on which there were these changes that looked significant enough for us to analyze. We would have analyzed them in the past. And, and each time we did, we'd look at winning pages and losing pages and evaluate them like a quality rater would. And also in the eyes of everything that Google has told us is important to them, either in official documentation or sometimes via um, you know Google employees on social media and other uh, conversations like that. And each time our conclusion was usually that whatever Google had changed, they did a better job at placing the right content in front of a searcher. On February 11th, the Google search liaison account tweeted that passage-based ranking was now live. They said that in some cases, we now do a better job at surfacing content, no work required on the part of creators. Google's been a little bit vague on how or where passage-based ranking comes into play. But really, to me, this is just another way in which Google's saying that they're able to find content on a page that's helpful to searchers. So from that point on, almost every week, we had a date on which we would say there was a significant shift for us to analyze. Now, I'm not saying that all of these shifts or these changes were related to passage-based ranking. Google's working on so many other things as well. 
Um, the next big announced up, uh, update that we had was early April. This was the first product reviews update. I feel like a lot of people didn't pay attention to this because they weren't working on sites that specifically had product reviews uh, as their content. But this update was really important, in my opinion. It gives us big clues into Google's use of machine learning in helping determine rankings. The blog post Google gave us with this update, Product Reviews, had a bunch of questions to answer, very similar to their blog post on core updates. Which, by the way, if you missed it, my team and I put out some content a couple of weeks ago on YouTube and also on our blog with 100 things that we know about core updates that we've gathered over the years and how they affect websites and what to work on if you were negatively affected. Hopefully that will help you. And these questions are ones that at first sound a little idealistic. Like one of the questions is to ask whether your content describes key choices in how a product has been designed and their effect on the users beyond what the manufacturer says. How would an algorithm know whether a page is doing this? Here's a question from that uh, article from Google that makes me think. Do your reviews identify key decision-making factors for the product's category and how the product performs in those areas? For example, a car review might determine that fuel economy, safety, and handling are the key decision-making factors and rate performance in those areas. So we could ask again, how could an algorithm know whether you've identified which decision-making factors are important to searchers searching for this product. I mean, it's going to be different for every single product. Well, this year at Google's Search On announcement, the stuff that they said on Mum made me think of this. They talked about a video about penguins and how they used advanced topic understanding with Mum to determine topics that aren't actually mentioned in the video. And the same in the same announcement, they also shared about how this topic understanding, again, powered by mum, created the things to know SERP feature. This is the thing where you search for a topic and then you see step-by-step -step instructions right in the search results. And those step-by-step -step instructions, they're not scraped from a website that publishes a list of instructions. Google's algorithms figured out what's important to users searching for this topic. And that's not even the most exciting thing, in my opinion. Just this morning, I was reading Glenn Gabe's excellent article on the product reviews update. Alan Kent responded to him. Now, I didn't know who Alan was, so I creeped him a little bit. Alan was responsible for delivering a ground-up rewrite of eBay's marketplace search engine. This was 10 years ago. And then he was VP of architecture at Magento. So he knows e-commerce, he knows products, he knows search, and now he's a developer advocate at Google. So when Barry Schwartz asked if on Twitter if the December product reviews update had finished rolling out, it was Alan who responded saying that yes, it had finished rolling out December 21st. So then Barry asked about the announcement that in uh, a future product reviews update, one of the factors Google's going to consider is whether sites reviewing products link out to multiple sources for a user to purchase from. And Alan replied with this really interesting response. He said, humans get wary of reviews where they all point to affiliate links of one seller. Is it really a good review or trying to maximize what the seller wants to push? Links to multiple sellers reduces that concern. All right, so he's telling us that that's what users want to see, but how would Google measure that? So does that mean that there's a section in Google's algorithms that say, ah, this page only links out to one source, therefore it's low quality? I think that's unlikely. 
but does that mean it's just wishful thinking for us to link out to multiple vendors? Like, how does Google want to measure this? Well, here's Alan's next tweet. Quote, alternative response. Let me get back to you after a future rollout once the machine learning model has worked out the answer or not. Bing is very vocal about using machine learning in their algorithms. Here, I believe what Alan is saying is that Google is using machine learning to determine how important it is to searchers to see multiple vendors or links to multiple vendors and how much weight should be given to this factor. And I bet it's different for different verticals or even maybe more granular than that. All right, <laughs> I got ahead of myself talking about product reviews and we're only on April here. Uh, by the time the first product reviews update had finished rolling out, there was all sorts of movement and a lot of it was for sites that didn't review products and really shouldn't have been affected by this update. Again, I think there were a lot of things going on with Google's algorithms at this time. I asked at this time Danny Sullivan on Twitter whether Google was releasing more updates of significance lately and what he said was, Honestly, a lot of the times when people, when everyone says there was an update, we're scratching our heads going, what? And then he referred me to Google's blog post on core updates. This is the one that has the questions that I keep talking about that are you demonstrating your expertise? Do you have substantial value compared to competitors? And, and so on. So at some point in 2021, my team and I decided to stop analyzing these significant shifts in detail. I think it's possible that some of them are connected to changes in the knowledge graph. As the knowledge graph gets more information about businesses, it likely changes Google's assessment of EAT for those businesses. And given that Gary Ish says that there were many algorithms uh, that Google has that draw on these concepts of EAT, it makes sense that we'd see shifts in rankings when the knowledge graph change. But really, these are just guesses. And I don't think they get us that further ahead, other than maybe putting some focus on understanding Google's use of entities, which we'll come to that in a minute. I had a great conversation with Jason Barnard the other day. I, I wanted to fill in some of my knowledge gaps about the knowledge graph, uh, and he had questions about EAT. And I, I'm telling you, a lot of light bulbs went off when we were talking. So I really do hope to be spending some more time learning about Google's use of entities in the new year. So June 2021 was a little nuts. And, and maybe it's because I went on vacation, and then I took the rest of the summer off. <laughs> and Google likes to do things when I'm gone. So. We had a core update announced on June 2nd, 2021. And while it was rolling out, we also had the page experience update. I think for a lot of SEOs, the page experience update was a really big deal because this was the core web vitals update that Google has been harping on for quite a long time. Core web vitals, they include the things like first contentful pate, how long does it take for a user to see the content that they're trying to see, or layout shifts when your page jumps around when you're trying to tap on something and you accidentally tap on an ad or something like that. So the core web vitals update, it launched, or the page experience update, launched on June 15th. And from what I can see, very few sites have seen a dramatic effect. I read a really good article this morning talking about how Smashing Magazine worked to improve their core web vitals because they were believed that they believed that they were hit by the core web vitals page experience update. And when they improved their numbers, uh, and they went into great detail on how they did it, I'd, I'd really encourage you to read this article. Uh, they did see improvements in traffic, but those improvements were short-lived, and they were debating whether uh, the improvements were tied to the improvements in core web vitals or not. Uh, Oh, geez. I, <laughs> I just had to look. 
Ahrefs, I, I looked up uh, Smashing Magazine's uh, organic traffic history in Ahrefs, and Ahrefs shows a massive drop in organic traffic uh, for Smashing Magazine that starts in June, sure enough. Page experience update was June 15th, but their drop is very clearly happening June 2nd. So this decline was more likely related to the June core update uh, than the core web vitals, in my opinion. And that's what we're seeing all the time. We have so many sites that have come to us saying, you know, uh, we're affected by core web vitals update. Um, and when we look at it, we're like, eh. I mean, yeah, there's room for improvement, but I don't think that this is going to, uh, to, to be the answer here. Um, still, I mean, if your core web vital scores are in the red, you should fix them. If they're in the yellow, then this is where prioritizing issues comes into play. I think a lot of sites, they spend time fixing things to improve this score, but those fixes are maybe not going to make a noticeable difference if the problem's actually with your content or with issues related to EAT. So, in June, uh, after this, Google released two more updates that they called spam updates. Now, we didn't see a lot of sites affected uh, by these updates that I can recall. Danny Sullivan shared that spam updates go after sites that are breaking Google's guidelines, not the quality raters guidelines, but these are the guidelines that tell us don't cloak, don't deceive your users, don't build links just to manipulate your page rank. So Google told us that spam updates are meant to do a better job at not delivering users content that's hacked or maybe auto-generated thin content or phishing sites, that kind of thing. And, and we also had a spam update specific to link spam that released later in July, and another uh, spam update in July, and uh, another spam update in, in November. Uh, <laughs> and it, funny enough, as I was preparing my notes on this section, one of my team reached out to ask me whether any of us had seen a site that was badly affected by one of these spam updates, and I don't believe we have. I'm sure sites were affected, uh, but I don't think the spam updates were a really big deal for most of us. I thought, though, that what was more important from Danny's tweet, this tweet where he talked about what core updates were versus spam updates, was where he said that core updates were meant to assess content overall. We have had many more businesses reach out to us with core update hits than with spam update hits. Okay, so the July core update was pre-announced. Google told us that this would affect some sites uh, that were affected in June, and it would reverse uh, the changes that some sites saw in June. Now, we did have a couple of sites where that was the case, but most sites that was not. Uh, either sites, so a lot of the time sites that went up in June also went up in July, and, and vice versa, sites that went down. Um, and, and, you know, for these updates, these core updates, again, we really couldn't find a specific focus. And whenever Google was asked, well, what did you do with this update? They'd refer to the blog post on core updates that asks all these questions to ask yourself about the quality of your content. So throughout the rest of July and into August and even September, we were still seeing weekly or almost weekly uh, significant shifts in rankings and loads of volatility on the search weather tools that monitor the search changes. So then the November core update hit on November 17th, and it's hard to say whether this was a big update or not. We had a lot of sites with changes around this time, but November always brings changes in the search results. 
This year, the SEMrush sensor has been super high, like eight or nine out of 10, pretty much every day in late November and into December, all of December. I really think Google's getting better at quickly understanding the intent of searchers and whether that intent has changed and then surfacing the content that helps the user find that answer the quickest. Again, there really aren't any specifics we can share about the November core update. Every example that I've looked at where pages did well can be explained by looking at Google's blog post on core updates and understanding what Google values in terms of EAT. So, and then to wrap up this crazy year, <laughs> Matt Cutts said years ago that Google tries to minimize updates around the holidays. Well, they actually released another product reviews update, which started running December 1st and finished on Tuesday of this week, December 21st. I actually found it helpful as I've been doing research on Christmas presents to buy. And, and I do believe that Google's presenting me with reviews and pages that have much more helpful content or more authentic sounding content uh, than I've seen in the past. So I think they're doing a good job here. Once again, with this product reviews update, we had loads of sites see very significant changes, a lot of them positive, thankfully, on pages that have nothing to do with product reviews. So 2021 has been extremely challenging for many reasons. If your living depends on trying to understand how Google's algorithms work, then you've probably experienced some stress this year. <laughs> My advice uh, for sites that have been negatively affected by any of these Google changes remains the same as it has for a couple of years now. First, make sure your site is as technically sound as you can. Technical improvements can help in many ways, uh, but it's not going to fix completely a core update hit. Next, study Google's blog post on what site owners need to know about core updates. It describes what they look for in terms of EAT and what types of content they want to elevate. And there are changes that you can make to your site, to your content. Um, there's all sorts of ideas that you should be able to get from looking at this blog post. Usually, I mean, we can spend hours for any particular site making suggestions just based on that Google blog post. And then start looking at your content and compare it critically against pages that are now outranking you. Look at what elements they have that might make it easier for searchers to find their answer. I don't know this for certain, but something that we've seen is that a lot of the pages that are doing well have a good table of contents, or they make good use of graphics or images or image or, or structure and headings in a way that helps searchers find their content. And these are the pages that are doing well after these updates. But it's often really hard to find the flaws in your own baby. So if you're interested in having my team and I review your site and give you a bunch of suggestions for improvement based on Google's advice over the years, you can reach out to us at help at mariehaines.com or find out more about what we do at mariehaines.com slash services. Our MHC offices, they're going to be closed next week as I've given the team the week off to enjoy the holidays. And gosh, it's another week of another year of hard decisions with this darn virus. Our family's going to likely have a very, very quiet Christmas again. Omicron's here in Ottawa, and it's, I mean, it's everywhere, right? And there's a lot that we don't know about this variant of COVID. Some are saying it's mild, but we don't know uh, a lot about this, and I don't want to get it. So we're likely going to isolate um, for as much as we can. And uh, <laughs> if any of you play Fortnite, I don't do a lot of duos and squads, but who knows, maybe over Christmas I might be up for a game. So uh, message me, and uh, maybe we can get something done. Uh, <laughs> this new season 
I feel like my skills have really improved. So I'm probably going to be hanging out a lot this season, uh, this holiday, getting my uh, dopamine fixes as I box up kids in Fortnite who have no idea they've just been eliminated by a 48-year-old mom. <laughs> my name is Moa. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I It really actually helped me to go through all of the major changes that happened this year. I'm blown away by what Google is accomplishing with their algorithms. I know it's not perfect, and I'm sure there are many of you who think that they've got it wrong with uh, the ranking changes they've done this year, but I think they're going to keep going in this direction. I really do believe that Google uses machine learning, probably combined with feedback from the quality raters, to determine weights in their algorithms that we haven't even thought of optimizing for. And ultimately, it comes down to providing content that users want and then doing good SEO around that content to make sure that it's well-structured, delivered quickly, and so on. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. I hope you're able to get your batteries charged heading into 2022, and I wish you the best of luck with your rankings. <laughs> <laughs>